Hello and welcome once again to Refresher, the Pop Culture Therapy Podcast. My name is Chris Levine and thanks for tuning in today. Today, we are going to talk about the subject of cognitive dissonance. I know, right? How exciting, Chris. What is that? I'm glad you asked. Cognitive dissonance is essentially this. Picture a tug of war going on between your knowledge and your behavior. Eventually, one of those two is going to win and become your reality. In other words, you know eating an entire pizza is bad for you. You have the knowledge that tells you this. But still, you order and you eat a whole pizza. And this is your behavior. This now creates conflict, as you know you shouldn't, but you do anyway. This conflict is, you guessed it, cognitive dissonance, which then leads to one state of mind or another. What do we mean? Well, then you go into different modes. You could try to resolve the cognitive dissonance here by saying, for example, wow, what got into me? I just ate an entire pizza and I feel really heavy. I don't feel good. I'm going to learn from this and not do it again anytime soon if I can help it. Or you could go this other route. You could say, hey, I was hungry. I hadn't eaten all day. That was my big meal today, so it's okay. You see where all this is going? Again, it's that tug of war between what's going on between your knowledge and your beliefs and your behavior. The site entitled Very Well Mind states that this inconsistency between what people believe and how they behave motivates people to engage in actions that will help them to minimize their feelings of discomfort. People oftentimes attempt to relieve this tension in different ways, such as by rejecting, explaining away, or avoiding any new information. This site shares things that a person might do to cope with these feelings when that tug of war is going on inside them. For example, they may adopt beliefs or ideas to help justify or explain away the conflict between their beliefs and their behaviors. This can sometimes and often involve blaming other people or blaming outside factors. Or maybe they hide their beliefs or behaviors from other people. People may feel ashamed of their conflicting beliefs and actions, so hiding the disparity from others can help to minimize their feelings of shame or guilt. What about this one? It's possible that they only seek out information from that point forward that confirms which way they're going to go. Uh, this phenomenon, known as the confirmation bias, it, it affects the ability to think critically about a situation, but it helps to minimize feelings of dissonance. It's, in other words, it tells you what you want to hear. So ultimately, when we are in this situation, we have two major options moving forward. We have more than two, but the two big ones, change our belief or change our behavior. Because dissonance itself means a clash or a conflict or a lack of harmony. That's what we feel when our beliefs and our actions are working against each other. This also gets into the concept of hypocrisy. Now, the example of eating the pizza, that's not hypocrisy. That was just your choice. 
But but imagine if you got on a platform and told the whole world about the dangers of eating an entire pizza and then went out and did it, especially regularly. That's hypocrisy. I once heard a guy say that when we act like a weasel, we feel like a weasel. <laughs> and this is why. Think, too, of this. Imagine a kid doing math homework, and, and they're just not getting it. So So eventually... They throw their book against the wall and they say, math is stupid. Is it? The thing is, math isn't stupid. They just didn't want to try anymore or decided not to care because it was hard. So now the math becomes some kind of an enemy. Though in reality, it's not. Cognitive dissonance applies here in a big way, too. Here's one that may hit home for a lot of people. Let's say two really good parents try to raise a child with morals, with the idea of caring about other people, with the goal of their being honest, you know, just being a good person. They don't push the child. They nurture the child. They love the child. As a result, the child actually learns these things. They see the parent's example. They get it. They were taught and believe in the concept of right and wrong. Now picture, though, that as that child grows up and becomes an adult or a young adult, they themselves decide they don't want to live this way. And this leads them to paths of rough times or inconsistencies, massive drama. That child who is now a young adult now has a couple of choices. They can say, you know what? My parents were right and change their behavior back to the knowledge of right and wrong that they have, that they've been taught. They can say, you know what? My parents were right, but continue living the way that they're living, but doing it with a degree of cognitive dissonance. Or the third option, which is often the most typical, they can attack the way they were raised and the beliefs of the parents because to alleviate their cognitive dissonance that's driving them crazy inside, they have to nullify the knowledge to justify their behavior. Math is stupid. No, it's not. In, actual, in, act, in actuality, the parents were not wrong, but the adult child now has to tell themselves that the parents or their beliefs were wrong to justify their bad choices and to make themselves feel better because the cognitive dissonance is tearing at their consciences. There's a website called Headspace, and it has a nice piece in this regard called, Why Do We Make Excuses? I'm going to read from some of it here. It says, someone asks you why you failed to test. Anxiety and shame ensue. Your subconscious quickly tries to protect your sense of self from being potentially attacked or criticized. So you blurt out, the test was unfair. This shifts the focus from your lack of preparation to the external source that was ultimately out of your control. You gotta blame something or you got to take responsibility. Same thing with something like dropping your daily workouts. It mentions, well, it was too cold outside. I couldn't do it or dietary changes. You know what? I tried that. It's too hard. In a way, this self-protective mechanism works. 
on some level, you feel less burdened, less anxious, and as it's put here, off the hook. And I, I thought that that entire thing was very well put. So, so how can we help ourselves if we have a cognitive dissonance battling in our gut? Well, the Positive Psychology website gives us four ways to do so. None are exclusive. They are what they are. But one way or another, they may help to bring someone some resolve. There are four strategies used to reduce the discomfort of cognitive dissonance. Sometimes this is what people do. They change their behavior so it's consistent with their beliefs. Sometimes they change one of the dissonant thoughts in order to restore some kind of consistency. In other words, they make it work. Perhaps what they do is add other thoughts that justify or reduce the importance of the one thought and therefore diminish the inconsistency. Or here's a big one. They trivialize the inconsistency altogether. It doesn't matter. Make it less important. Make it less relevant. And you know what's crazy, everyone? We inadvertently do one or more of these things probably all the time, naturally, even if we've never even remotely heard of the term cognitive dissonance. We all have a tendency to do these things when we feel threatened. Maybe we can sum it all up in this way. We live in a, if it feels good, do it world. Listen, I am all about peace, love, and happiness, and everybody feeling good. But no, I don't totally subscribe to, if it feels good, do it. I mean, it's my understanding that doing heroin feels great. But would we encourage someone to purposely become a heroin addict? Of course not. It's all relative. And if we make bad decisions that we know are wrong, how good we actually will feel is going to some degree be shadowed by our cognitive dissonance. Think of it this way. We, we can make head decisions. We can make heart decisions. We can have those wonderful times when we make a balanced head and heart decision together. The problem is, is that if, if we make a simple head decision, it may be too analytical. If we make a simple heart decision, it may be completely emotional and bad for us. And let's make sure that we're even more on track here. In this life, we can be totally self-oriented and not think of how our actions are going to affect other people. We can live in our own bubble of self-absorption. And when another person purposely or on accident comes too close to the bubble, we react because we're afraid they're going to burst it. You know, I had a friend in the 90s who worked as a lifeguard. Uh, he told me that during his training, he was taught that there is a brief period between when someone is still alive, but just about to drown. They're partially conscious. They're partially unconscious. In this state, they feel good. It's supposed to be almost dreamlike, relaxing, otherworldly, like, I don't know, the, the manifestation of really good shoegaze music. If you, as a lifeguard, were to grab them at that moment to save them from what I was told 
they were taught that that person, the victim who's about to drown, may actually take a swing at you. Because you're saving them was taking them out of happy land. The only problem is that their happy place was leading to drowning and dying. The point is this. People are often very much happy in their bad decisions. Or they tell themselves that they are. But often, to stay that way, they then have to justify them by lashing out at the ones that are trying to help. If you personally are going through cognitive dissonance because your knowledge or your beliefs are at war with your actions, my suggestion, go with what you know is right. Don't let the waves of the road most traveled rock you to sleep. And if you're dealing with someone whose overt cognitive dissonance is lashing out at you, remember, it's not you. Don't blame yourself for someone not taking your advice. Don't internalize that if only you did this or you said that, another human being would act differently. Because ultimately, and always remember this, it wouldn't matter. People do what they want. We have once again arrived at the time on Refresher when we present you with a Spotify playlist that we will musically illustrate this episode with. This one is musically all over the map. We have synth pop. We have post-punk. We have Brit pop. We have prog. We have reggae. We have a little something for everyone. It's a good one. It's really eclectic. We have for you this time around a Refresher podcast cognitive dissonance playlist you can find it really easily on spotify just type in refresher podcast dash cognitive dissonance and off we go song number one as was inspired by and alluded to earlier a lovely shoegaze track called guilt by the band ringo death star this is a wonderful wonderful song for closed eyes, relaxed mind, and headphones. And for the record, Ringo Death Star is one of my favorite band names of all time. It's right up there alongside Chicano Batman. Number two, A Little Knowledge by Scritti Politti. Number three is Make Up Your Mind by Stiv Baders. He, of course, was in The Dead Boys, and then I think later in Lords of the New Church. Number four, Just When You're Thinking Things Over by The Charlatans. Number five is I Against I by Bad Brains. You know, years ago, I interviewed their bass player, Daryl Jennifer, and I asked him to describe their music. So let's say someone's never heard of you before. How would you describe your music to them? His answer was very cool. He said that their music was, quote, Progressive punk core rock and roll for your spirit and your soul. How perfect is that? Number six, I Believe by Tears for Fears. Kurt Smith was also nice enough to allow me to interview him as well. Number seven, Yours is No Disgrace by Yes. Number eight is My Opinion by Pato Bonten from his Mad Professor Captures Pato Bonten record. Number nine, Tug of War by Paul McCartney. 
And number 10 is I still believe by the call. And there you have it. Again, you can find this playlist really easily on Spotify. Just type in refresher podcast dash cognitive dissonance. Listen all, I say this every single time that I, I post one of these, but I mean it. This show will simply not exist without you. If you could all do me a favor and please continue to pass this podcast along to your friends. And also, if you'd like to help keep this podcast stay up and running, if you'd like, you can make a small monthly contribution. Just see the support this podcast link under the episode description. If that's something you want to do, you say, you know, I want to do that. I want to contribute to this show. That, that would be great. But listen, listen, listen. Whether you do or whether you don't, it makes no difference. Just please feel free to listen and enjoy this show anytime you want. As always, the music that begins and ends this podcast is by the band Dive. The song is called A Day Late, and it was written by Mr. John Villafuerte. But until next time, this is Chris Levine for Refresher, the pop culture therapy podcast. Everyone, please take care and do yourself a favor and remember that there's a big difference between worry and concern. We'll see you next time. Thank you.